listening to Splash with Shalene Bryan. Get ready to be splashed with love and laughter to rehydrate your soul. Well, welcome to another episode of Splash. I'm Shalene Bryan here with my buddy, Barbara Cameron. Hello, everyone. We're ready to splash you with a little love, laughter, and encouragement to rehydrate your soul. And I am pumped about today's guest, but <laughs> my dear friend Tiff is with us. The world knows Woo-hoo. her as Plum, but welcome to the Splash Zone. Yeah, Thank you. I'm, Thank I'm reading you. your Wikipedia and you are, I didn't even realize you had over 2 million singles world, worldwide sold. You're so oh humble. My. Dude, I mm. get a, oh, like wow. a tattoo or something. Wow. That's You're unbelievable. Ridiculous. That's unbelievable. You're ridiculous. Hey, we all have different gifts and man, there are definitely some I don't have. And so I appreciate you appreciating mine, but I I do. I so appreciate it. We just were together, buddy. Now, just for the listeners, we met Plum years Years ago ago. Uh um, on a cruise. And you know how I hate cruises. It's a floating buffet (laughs) for fat people. You know what I mean? Like it's to me, that's the worst place to take me. Like, oh, let's go on a cruise and never get away from the froster freeze. You know what I mean? Um, But we got to meet you and Mm. and the Cones. And Mm -hmm. we met uh, Jared Emerson. We met uh, Colton and Annie Dixon. We're dating at the time. So many awesome people. But I connected with you on that cruise like you were a little sister I just I just clicked up to you and Barbara and I came back talking about you forever do you remember what that cruise is because you're younger than me yeah what was was, it 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 was the K-Love cruise oh it was the K-Love and it was like 2015 no, yes, no, no. It was way before that because my son was graduating high school that year and he was younger. 14? Yeah. It was Maybe. when your first book came out. When was that? Okay. It was probably 14. Maybe okay. 14. 14. Yes. So mm-hmm. cool. So that that's when we yeah. met. And then just recently, and then we've just stayed in touch um, because I dig your music, but even more, Aww. I dig you. And then God allows our path to cross. We just were at um, Joyful Noise mm-hmm. just this yeah. year oh. um, in Minneapolis. Yes, I love I love seeing your name on something that I'm going to be Aww. at, and I'm like, oh, a free pass to see my friend. I know, I'm, and they fly me there to see you. I'm like so <laughs> <Right>? excited. <laughs> they don't realize that that's why we've accepted the date. Exactly. I'm like, is Plum on this one? Yeah, I'll do it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, we were in. You were in California. You were in my neck of the woods last year, and yeah. Grace Fest or something. And I actually went on after you. And my husband happened to be there because my husband plays the background. But you came off from singing, and I just we just embraced and we started talking. And I see my little video playing, and my. I go out right after and come off and my husband goes, Shalene, you were having a full on conversation with her and you weren't even like you were going on stage. And I go, honey, I got this. Like, I got this. He's like, don't you have to prepare? I go, babe, if I'm standing backstage in the wings, I better be prepared. <laughs> I don't Sometimes. think in those, in those two minutes talking to Plum, that was going to throw me off my game. You know what I mean? Well, I'm, honestly, sometimes a little distraction is good for me because I, if I overthink right as they're like announcing and please welcome, sometimes it's good to have somebody like di- distract me for a second. And yeah, then, I think I like it know. too. Yeah. yeah. 
But tell our listeners a little bit about you. Like, let's go back for a minute because I want to jump in about your kids. She has some gorgeous, she's in the best stage of life right oh. now. I'm jealous. Oh. I became I an it. empty nester and you're in the thick of the fun right now. You're in <laughs> yes. the fun zone. Yes, I am. Oh my gosh. Uh, But tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, how you got into music, how you even found Jesus. I don't even know that story. Oh, well, I grew, okay, so I grew up in a Christian home. My dad's dad, my grandpa, was a uh, minister, and he quit, he retired around the time that I was, like, being born. So I don't remember him being a pastor, but my, my dad certainly does, and so kind of a grand pastor's a grand, what, what is it? There's a, there's like the pastor's it's kid. It's grandfathered so in, like, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm literally grandfathered in. <laughs> pastor's grandkid. That's what it is. Oh, pastor's. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's what I would say. Um, so grew up in a Christian home, uh, asked Jesus into my heart, probably out of complete fear at vacation Bible school when I was eight. Um, and then, uh, so true. a teenager, when I'm a teenager, I'm really just my, my walk has almost everything to do with who I'm dating. Like if I'm dating the pastor's son, then I'm super spiritual. And if I'm not dating the pastor's son, then I'm just super mm. self-absorbed. But I, I will say I grew up in a really good home and so my parents had really good boundaries and were extremely comfortable with the word no and be more mm. concerned about being faithful parents than friends with me. Mm. Um, and just my, my happiness took a backseat to holiness to them. And so it was like, mm. you know what, maybe we'll be friends. And we hope you we you we hope you end up happy, but you know faithfulness and holiness mattered to them more. Um, and so that was good because there was a lot of conflict with me in that season. And then met my husband in my early twenties and realized how selfish I really was when I had to actually Mm. share a home with someone else and was like, man, I'm actually pretty selfish. And fast forward um, into our eleventh year of marriage, we completely implode and we separate and we're headed for divorce and. Um, we get married all over again 18 months later after we reconcile. And so now we have three children. Mm. We have a 14 and a half year old who's, uh, he's in eighth grade. Gorgeous. Yeah. Barbara, if you oh, still had your talent you. agency, Solomon would be <laughs> in oh, your, oh. yeah, he's beautiful. <laughs> I he call them, so, and then Oliver, her other, he's mm. a little, oh, he's such oh, a, he'd be in commercials just, too. I call him 42 and 26. Those are their football numbers. Tiff posts about it all the time. Cute little, let's go 42, 26. I know. I I love it. I love it. And so, yeah, he's in seventh grade. He'll be 13 next month. And then my daughter, the sunshine of our house, she just turned 11 uh, when school started and she's in the sixth grade. She's actually young, a little young to be in the sixth grade. And Solomon's a little older in his eighth grade, but it's kind of fun having six, seven, eight, just right. Mm. We are like right in middle school right now. So I am a professional taxi driver, really, ladies. That is what... I am. So true. The moms out there in carpool, let's give a heads up. <laughs> We're giving you a splash right now. We see you. Yeah. Yes. And Clementine loves volleyball, doesn't she? She's like, yes, she's, yeah, like she's my a volleyball niece. player and my boys have done football. And my middle son it just started yesterday a volleyball team for, for boys because his sister's sport, um, he was actually interested in it before she was, but there was no no boys team around. And so She's kind of interested in it because her brother talks about it all the time. She gets super into it. She's really good. And he's a little like, hey, you know, maybe one day. And so he's looking at other sports. He's super musical. So that is where he puts a lot of his energy. But um, we found out about a boys team recently. And so he jumped on that train. And so now it's kind of sweet to see him and her, you know, bumping and setting and all that in the backyard and and kind of giving something kind of a nod to her, you know, because there's these two boys. They're either sometimes... They're, you know, united together in this thing that they do, 
and she's a little left out or, you know, she can connect with them on something and it's just good for her. But yeah. It's so cute because my son played lacrosse, right? Because lacrosse was kind of a guy sport. And my daughter would watch and go, I want to play. I want to play. And a team started up like randomly, like her high school didn't even have a girl team, right? So she started playing and he would knock her on her butt in the backyard. I mean, they would just go crazy. (laughs) Girlfriend ends up getting a a scholarship to play D1 lacrosse at Liberty University. <laughs> Go That's Flames. Amazing. Yeah, it, That's it's amazing, amazing how something that another child loved and then they switch. But Oliver also likes to play the piano. He's got your yeah. little music going on. He does. And they, they all appreciate and love music. They all take music. But he is the one that you kind of, you can just tell that's going to be part of his future. He picks up instruments really quickly. Wow. The bass, the piano, guitar, things like that that wow. He he'll do it by Can't ear do that either. and you're like, "Don't you don't you need to read some chords or something?" He's like, "No, no, no, I got it." Yeah, um, totally. He is he's definitely the adventure and the like energy of our house. Su- super big time. My oldest is a little like wise old soul, little mysterious, which is dangerous. And then my my middle is like in the thick of it, like he'll play an instrument or he'll play a sport or he'll bake a cake or he'll, you know, mm. he, he, he can just kind of do whatever. And he's super energetic and funny. I don't want to skim over though, because I know that there's people listening right now that just heard you say, here you are, this Christian rock star. And I mean, you're even bigger than that, to be honest. I mean, you've written no. for people that are ridiculous. Mm. You're an amazing writer. I mean, you've penned songs for people that if I started name dropping, people would pull over. And yet, you went through something. You're like, wait, I thought God was the glue. And you and Jeremy had this beautiful life and you write beautiful music and you're on stages in front of tens of thousands of people. What the heck happened? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. We. What's funny is, um, and this was, this happened eight years ago now. Wow. And, you know, social media was not what it is now, but it was definitely present. And so the whole seeing people's highlight reel was already happening and you don't really see the behind the scenes and we like we're looking at people's highlight reels all the time but we physically are staring at our own behind the scenes and so I see you get in great shape but then I'm looking at myself naked in the mirror going oh my gosh really right, right. um and so to to kind of compare that we you know from the outside looking in we have this beautiful home and we have our, we work for ourselves these three beautiful healthy kids and um you know, the, the means to, and the resources to kind of do whatever we want to do. And, um, you know, I'm probably certain, I'm certain that there was some outsiders looking at that going, Hey, I really love that. I hope they know what they've got. That's, you know, that's amazing. Um, and then we got really caught up in it. We got really caught up in us. We got really caught up in the house and the businesses and what we could do and how much we could do. And, and we started spreading ourselves really, really thin because we started saying yes, because we could say yes to things. And just because you can, doesn't mean you should. Mm. And so, yeah, I can afford this house based on my credit score, but should I have this house? And I can, you know, I can squeeze this in, in my schedule today, but should I? And we weren't really checking ourselves that way. And one pivotal thing that had happened was we lived in a neighborhood that was right in the center of our very close knit of community. And we decided that. What do you mean by like, that? What do you mean by well, that? The close knit community. So, so my our best friends in the whole world lived within a mile of us, all different directions, and so a, a, a solid group of probably twenty to thirty people are surrounded. 
yeah, in about a two mile radius, we're all kind of living around here. So we're constantly hanging out and doing life together. And so, you know, Jeremy and Tiffany Lee decide that, you know, 40 miles from here, there's this really amazing house and we could have more land and we could have this and that and the other. And so we just do it without even asking any of them what they think or wait, you didn't go to your cabinet. Haven't I taught you I anything? I didn't. No, just kidding. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you I didn't, didn't know go about that cabinet. then. I didn't yeah. know you eight years ago. <laughs> I so know. I didn't go to my cabinet. And um, and we just kind of told them, like in our minds, like, well, we're keeping them informed. This is what we're doing. And multiple of the, these people were like, we're hardly going to see you anymore. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Yes, we will. We will. We're too close to friends. We'll see each other all the time. And what ended up happening is mm. we kind of inadvertently required them to come to us. Well, we're the ones with the bigger house now. And we're the ones with... The land the, the more, and the, yeah. the land and we're the ones with more toys. So you come to us and some of them would on occasion. And some of them were like, no, I don't have time for that. I, I actually don't have time. I actually want to hang out with you, but I can't. And little by little, because that, that sense of accountability was not, you know, hovering around us in a beautiful, positive way, like it had been, we started saying yes to more things and buying more things and doing more things and creating more businesses and spreading ourselves even thinner and not having those voices in our life to say, whoa, 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 whoa. I see a red flag. What are you doing? And fast forward, my husband is now in a place where he's feeling completely overwhelmed and exhausted. And we go to church um, on a Sunday and it starts this pattern that I didn't even notice because I had very young children at the time. Um, they're, you know, like three, when we separated, there were three, five and six. And wow. he had gotten to a place where he would uh, come to church, but he wanted to like run sound or do anything he possibly could behind the scenes so that he was physically there. Because mm. if he wasn't, that would be too obvious. But to the point where he didn't want to listen to the message, he didn't want to be a part of the music. He was just wanting time to himself. Mm. And so he's kind of disconnecting from the message. He's disconnecting from the music. He's disconnecting from his friends. He's getting super, super busy. And I'm not trying to put all of this on him. I'm just painting the picture where he's now pulling away emotionally and spiritually. Um, now he's physically kind of present, but then at the same time, we're physically a little bit further away. And so little by little, he hears a voice, you know, deceive him and say, you know, you would be a better dad if you were happy and you'd be happier if you weren't really married to her. Cause I mean, think about it. Like you could, you could kind of have anybody you want. Like, look how, look how successful you are. Like mm. what, what if you had your own life and you could still see your kids, but then you could do your own thing. Mm. And at the same time, I am in the back of my mind, very aware that I'm struggling with something emotional and spiritual, but I don't want to acknowledge it because it seems too big. And it was anxiety and depression that I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not the lady in the commercial that mm -hmm. doesn't get out of her bed because the commercial advertising this medication, that lady is laying in bed all day. I don't have time to do that. I have a three, five and six year old. I'm, I'm not her. So I think I'm just busy. I think I'm just overwhelmed. Let me just get through this season of, you know, little kids and getting them off to kindergarten. And, you know, maybe when they start having adult conversations with me, this won't be so overwhelming. And I, so I kind of, um, I'm not sure what the word would be, but I, I blocked it out. I just kind of ignored it, I mm -hmm. guess is what I should say. I just kind of thought we will be fine. We'll be fine. We'll just get through this. And so, so I ignored it and I didn't acknowledge it and kind of pretended it wasn't the elephant in the room. And then simultaneously, my husband is pulling back further and further and further into this island and um, to himself. And then he says two days after Christmas, 
um, almost eight years ago. He said, I'm, I'm moving out. Um, this isn't, this isn't working. And I, I don't know that I love you anymore. And I think our kids would probably be best if we were happy people and I'm not happy here. And so they'll be resilient. They'll be fine. Um, but I, I gotta go. And I remember crying so hard that I burst blood vessels in my face. Like I'd wake up with bruising in my face that I would be screaming so hard at God. Why would you do this? Bring him back. Mm. And, um, you know, I'm sure God was like, Hey, sweet pea, I didn't do this. <laughs> I didn't do this. Mm. I give you, I give you choices to make. And you guys have not been making some wise choices and you haven't been surrounding yourself with community to help hold you accountable to those choices. And this is what that looks like when you try to do it on your own. And I'm not, I'm not celebrating that. I'm not saying I told you so. I'm grieving with you. Mm. I'm right here though. And I'm not leaving. Not for one second. And I'm, and I'm loving you. And no matter what this looks like, I am going to make beauty from it. I am mm. redemptive. So you need to know that. And so I finally, you know, it's, I'm very raw and very bare. And my very best friend in the whole world, um, she'd be fun. She'd be fun to have on your podcast. Let's get her she, on. Yes. she has no filter at all. And so I... I love her. And that's she, the splash was, zone, girlfriend. I was, Welcome. <laughs> I was telling her one day, like, you know, he's been gone maybe a week at this point, And I'm telling her, like, he did this and he said this and he does this. And this is, I mean, I'm not the one that left. And yeah, maybe I'm a little, you know, maybe I do overreact right now. Maybe I am walking on eggshells to be around. But, you know, it's because I've got little kids and I have a, a reason. And, it's, and I'm, mm. you know, giving all these things over and over and over to her. And I tell her there was about 11 things, give or take, that he had rattled off when he was leaving. That, Like, you know what? You do this, 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 and this, and this, and he kind of just, you know, splurted right, them out just there. vomited them. And, yeah, yeah, and really bad. And I told them to her, and she wrote them down as we were talking. And I said, "What are you doing?" And she's like, "Well, I'm writing these down because I'm I'm trying to determine as your best friend." Uh, she said, "Because being your best friend means that I love y'all, not you." She said, "And I love y'all together." And she said, "And so even though, you know, I, I want to look at these and I want to be honest with you, some of these are true about you." And I was like, hey, we're talking about him right now. And she's like, I, I know, but here's the thing. What he's done, what he's love done is her. not okay. I'm in love with her. Yes. <laughs> he's, he's not Faithful okay with Faithful are the done. wounds of a friend and wicked oh, are my the gosh. kisses of your enemies. That's a good friend. Yes. Like yes. And she said, what he's done is wrong. And, I, and, I, and I, I support that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. But you're really hard to be friends with. And there's a lot of stuff on this list that are true. And that does not justify his behavior. But you can't control him, and you don't need to work on yourself to get him back. You need to work on you to glorify God mm -hmm. and own your stuff and mm. know that when you own your stuff, that glorifies God, and God will deal with him. That's She's right. like, but just own your stuff, and then you pray for him. You can't change him. You can only you – because know, you can't. You can't change anybody. You can control your responses and your reactions to people, but you cannot change them. And so um, just to give you a little glimpse into her, also, there was a day she showed up at my house – um, unexpectedly just to kind of surprise me and bring me like a, a meal or something just to hang mm -hmm. out. And I had on a really low cut shirt and I'm super modest. I know. I was and, like, what? <laughs> I've never seen I, that on you. What are you talking about? So low cut? I have this super low cut shirt, you know, wanting to show them off. And she's good. And she walks in the door and she goes, what are you wearing? And I, <laughs> I, I love felt this caught. girl. I, I, I felt love her. caught. And I, and I was like, well, he just, he had just came to pick up the kids for the weekend. And she goes, uh, 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 first of all, first of all, <laughs> She said, that is not how to get him back. She said, if he comes back for those, he's not coming back for you. 
<laughs> you hear that, ladies? Say, save the money. Skip the boob job. If he's coming back for those, he's not coming back forever. That's for sure. I you mean, can he, find those anywhere. For you. And so she said, so first of all, that, and that's, and number two, that's not even you. That's, that's not right. You. It is. She's right, right about that. That's right. And so she was like, go change your shirt. So, you know, I did. And we sat and ate ice cream and we talked. And, you know, you know, finally when, you know, it was his weekend was over with and they were back. Um, that was, that was true to me. And so I've learned the difference between nice and kind. Kind is what is true and good for you. And that is not always nice. That's right. It's not always nice, but it's true and good for you. And so she was a kind friend to say, this is true and it's good for you. If you don't like it, oh, well. But, you know, it's not it's not wrong to be nice. But if it's not true, if it's not good for somebody, um, then it's actually not even nice. And so it's actually harmful. Right. It is. It you is. And so I have that ears. kind of friend in my life. And so she was one that she's the one that kind of shined the flashlight on how you guys moved away from everybody. You've been doing what you want to do. Hmm. You've not been asking for any counsel. You have just been on autopilot. And she said, and honestly, this is what that looks like. It's going in a direction. If it's not intentional, you just can't control it. And she mm -hmm. said, and it's out of control. Mm. And she said, so I, I care about y'all. So she did not take a side. So that's another point that yeah. I want you to, to hear that if you're listening and if you are a friend to somebody in a mm. marriage crisis or you're in one, you need people in your life that are for your marriage, not just for you. Or if, if it's your child or your friend going through it. You need to stand on the side of reconciliation. And what does that look like? Because my own parents, and, and they know this, and so I have their permission to say it, they didn't stand on that side at first. They were very angry with my husband, and I had to disassociate with my own parents for about six months at a very crucial time where I'm now a single mother. My husband has left. I need my family You're more than ever. You're 40 miles away on a big mm -hmm. old ranch by yourself because you left your community. So even all that was gone. Right. And so now I, I can't even really hang out with mom and dad because I know in my gut they are saying, and, and they even did say, like at one point, my dad said, you know, I feel like you're you're young and talented and beautiful. And I mean, there will be someone else that will be an amazing stepdad. And he meant well, like he's, he's kind of like for me and he's so mad at his son-in-law and he's like trying to give me some hope for the future. And I was like, dad, my baby's daddy is, is who I want. And he's like, well, hmm. but I don't think you can have him. Like he's left. And I'm like, I, I have hope though, dad, like I have hope. And he's like, I, 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 I love that you have hope and I want you to have hope, but I'm just trying to be realistic here. And so, you know, I don't fault him. I think he took a, per, he took a side, a perspective that is very natural and very common, mm -hmm. but I had to actually put my hand up and say, you know, what? I can't, I can't be around that. I can't listen to that. I can't have permission to divorce. I can't have that right now. I need I need, um, I need to be pushed to grow. And, and I think it was hard for them to accept that even though Jeremy had left, that their daughter actually had something to own too. It was a little difficult for them to see that, mm -hmm. you know, I think what you're just speaking been... to is so powerful, mm -hmm. yep. powerful for people who are listening, because I think we want to step in sometimes and not meaning to, but become the savior. And your parents, just like mm. me as a parent with my kids, your girlfriends, sure. Jeremy's friends, they're not the savior on the story. God's right. the savior. He's yep. in the victory business. He restores and renews and replaces families back together because he is God and we're not. And I think in our pain, and I can I can feel a parent's pain. I have a son who's married. He's been married three years and they're still, you know, in the bliss, you know, which is awesome. But it, I have to remember that the 
God's the savior of their marriage. I'm not mm-hmm. their savior. I can't come in and sweep in and save the day. It's not even my job to do that. Right. And right. I feel like you just spoke freedom over people listening right now to say, if you're trying to be that friend or that mom or that parent or that, you know, employer, you can't be the savior of this story. Hmm. Mm, that's good. That's good, Tiff, because it's so true. You but feel it's like so you're not true. being loyal because I'm so Italian. Like to me, I'm like, no, girl, I'm with you. My loyalty's with you. What Jeremy's doing? Get your butt back home and be a man. This is your yeah. family. What? Do you, okay, what am I watching? MTV? Where's right. that in scripture? That just right. all just came out of my mouth, right? right. And it's right. like, no, 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 no. I need to be looking at you and Jeremy, as your girlfriend did, as one. Because yeah. what God brings together may no man separate. That means. You can't separate it, and Jeremy can't even separate it. We like to think sometimes that's a person that's going to try to get in and mess with my marriage. No, we can jack it up more than anyone else. Oh, oh my goodness, yes. I mean, I remember sitting in my therapist's office, um, which I'm a huge advocate Me for too. Can, mental, Rick Blackman can do a little shout out. Thank you so much, Rick. Oh, yeah, I no, see him once Dr. a month. Land, I love you, yeah. Dr. Land. Land, um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so for, to hear her say things similar to that and just being like, here's, here's what is true and her asking good questions. And sometimes there's a lot of self-discovery. I mean, there, I shouldn't say Mm -hmm. sometimes there is always self-discovery in therapy where you almost hear yourself answer a question when you're, Mm -hmm. you're asked the right question and her really being such an advocate for what is true and good and pure and lovely and giving me a lot of hope. And so for somebody that might be listening whose marriage has fallen apart. I don't want you to feel judged or condemned or that you, oh yeah, you, you, you should have done it the way that I did it. And so then your marriage would be restored. Absolutely not. Like there is, there is grace and there is redemption for every story and every stage. And so in our story, I didn't do everything the right way. And I'm really thankful for God's redemptive nature that he still made something good out of even me, you know, mm-hmm. trying to show off my boobies one night. Like that's he, right. That's you right. Know, the, the enemy did not get that you know, he didn't get that that night. Like, like the Lord kind of shut that down because he sent my best friend to the door and said, yeah, instead of the mailman who was like, hello, like we need to be careful. We don't know that we could be causing someone else to stumble. Forget about your marriage walking around like that with your cute little body. You know what I mean? Right. We need to be mindful and having a daughter too. Yes. I want to model the behavior, right? Yes. Oh, and I'm, I'm so, like I said, I was so grateful for parents. And, and again, just back to my parents, my parents and my husband are completely reconciled and, and, and great relationship so now, which took a while. Sure. Um, Cause that was, that was a little harder, but, but in our story, um, someone might be wondering too, right now, like well, what happened? When did I know, you Yeah. Yeah. How did um, that happen? So we, we did just because of that community, because of counseling, those two, were, those are the two biggest things that we were regularly going to counseling um, and, and I meet have, couples yeah, all Barbara the time. Yeah, Barbara has a question. Hold on. I, uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's got to be biblical counseling, not right. just oh, counseling. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of people just go and... Yeah, be sure it's biblical counseling. Yeah. It's taking you to the Bible. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. For, for yeah, you, so our, Tiff, though, Christian. he leaves two days after Christmas, and you speak to him when? Um, we did not speak for about nine or ten days. Okay. Um, and then we met at a Mexican restaurant and it was, I remember, I remember saying, I don't ever want to eat here again because I remember going in there hoping 
that he was going to say, listen, I've caught I my, my head. I'm super <laughs> you know, sorry. That was the little, yeah. like little overreactive. Like here's some of the things that I've been bothered by and, you know, let's go to counseling. Um, but I met him with, um, this cold, he had such a coldness and a darkness mm. about him. And he was like, I just don't see the point in staying together when I don't love you. I just think that that's me <sighs> being fake with my kids. And, and I just sat there and I thought, you know what, this is the first time I remember thinking to myself that we all kind of in, in our culture, like death always seems like the worst thing. And I remember feeling in that Mexican restaurant, there are worse things than death. And to be unloved, to be unwanted, to mm. be rejected, um, that is that felt worse to me. And I remember sitting in there and I kind of started to tune him out because I remember thinking, I would rather tell my children that he's been killed than to tell them he doesn't want us. I would rather be a widow than to have to right. be a step, like a step that for there to ever be a step parent. I, 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 in my mind, I was just like, oh man, this, this is the, this is the worst. Like, this is the worst. I, I don't, I don't know. And I was very cold back to him. I was actually showing up very nervous and kind of eager to see him. And then I felt this coldness come over me of anger of just oh, because this rejection oh just was spewed mm -hmm. on you. And oh, so sure. you then went into defense sure. mode. Yep. Yeah. So I'm in defense mode. And so now I'm like, you know what, I'm going to act like I don't need this guy. I'm going to be, you know, tough Tiffany and I can do it all myself. And little by little, like the power went out in the house one night and I, I didn't even Y'all, I'm, I'm not a prissy girl. Like I just am not prissy, but I am super girly girl when it comes to like, cause I don't want this to sound sexist. Like, right. I just, I don't know how to change a tire. I don't know where the panel is to right. fix the, the electricity. You've like, never had yeah. to the breaker. do it. Like, You've I, never had to do it. So Your man stepped in and did yeah. it. Not, well, yeah. my, my dad was very, um, my dad was very, he's taken very good care of me in the sense that like, Oh, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. And realizing like, wait a minute, I should probably learn how to cut the grass. I should probably. So I will tell you, I'm a very different girl now. Uh, I know where that breaker box is. And girlfriend changes <laughs> tires all day <laughs> long on the side of the road. Watch her um, go. And so that, you know, the breaker and, and I did get a flat tire, the battery died, little things like how to jump start and how to change a tire and things like that. That would come up and I would just be like, I would normally call him right now and ask him what to do but I can't call him, so mm -hmm. I have to figure this out. And I developed this romance with Jesus. I remember being in my kitchen one night, and there was a program on the radio in my kitchen. I kept the radio on all the time at this season because I was very lonely with him not being in the house. And I had the radio on, and there was this one Christian station that it would get because we were out in the country. And um, the the husband and wife, Dennis and Barbara Rainey, were speaking. Mm. And they were on the air talking about marriage. And I just turn it up and I'm like, what are the chances? So I'm listening and I'm listening. And I don't even remember what they said, but I remember, do you remember that scene in Hope Floats when Sandra Bullock lays her, her, her face on the cold tile in the bathroom from crying so hard? Yes. Yes. And I, I remember seeing that That's scene so and always funny. wondering like, what is she doing? Um, I now know what she was doing because when you've cried so hard and your face is so hot, the coldness of the tile felt really good. And so I It's like giving your face, face an ice bath. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I put my face on the cold tile and I started to cry and I w I just felt this presence like I just felt this covering of like I've got you. 
Mm-hmm. I have been the man of your life forever. I'm never leaving. I will always love you. You will always be beautiful to me. Remember when the breaker box? Yeah, I helped you with that. Remember the, mm. the, the, the tire? Remember the, the jump start? Remember that really bad storm night? Remember how the money, somehow the money, ladies, the money had vanished. I got a call from the bank that they were going to take our house because the, the mortgage had not been paid in three months. And I didn't know that. And there was just all these things coming up that I'm, I'm now going to the bank. And they're like, oh, yeah, did you not know this and this and this? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know that. So I had to start my own account and I had to do things and I had to wear big girl panties and go, mm. man, I have probably kind of overwhelmed my husband a little bit with my inability to stand on my own two feet. I have been a little bit, now that doesn't justify his behavior, but I'm saying I, I now realize my husband was a little overwhelmed. He does all the taxes. He does all the insurance. He does mm-hmm. all the bill paying. He does mm-hmm. all the, and it was like, oh man, he's been so weighted by this. And I'm over here depressed and anxious and that's being brought into the light. I mean, that's being brought into the light left and right. Like friends going, Hey, if you're open to suggestions of like, what, what of yours, this could be, have you noticed what a rocket you are when something is said that you don't like? Have you noticed how you this, that, and the other? And it was like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize I'd been this person. I didn't realize I'd been this way. I didn't realize I'd been so, um, so quite honestly, just so, so almost a burden. I feel like I had been a little bit of a burden where I just wasn't standing up for myself. I was being selfish. I was like, ah, somebody, he'll take care of it. He'll do it. Oh, he'll do it. Oh, he'll do it. Oh, he'll do it. Mm. And, and never really kind of, holding my own a little bit, like being his teammate. And, and, and again, he would tell you if he was on this interview, that does not justify some of his behavior, but sure. he said, I definitely would have appreciated if you had been more appreciative of how helpful I was because right. I just started taking him for granted. Ladies, I really had, I had mm. been very much taken him for granted and very consumed with my depression, but not acknowledging that it was depression. And mm. so you've got wow. this really selfish, depressed, anxious, kind of incapable woman. And this man over here going, I can't do this anymore. I'm overwhelmed. I just want to do my own thing. X or, you know, X, Y, Z. And so in this moment in my kitchen, I just felt this romantic love. And I'm a four on the Enneagram. If anybody follows the Enneagram, (laughs) I'm super like, like romantic dreamer feeler, you know, it's definitely, you know, heart and all that. And so I just had this romance with Jesus that night where I was like, you will protect, you will provide, you will never leave. I will always be enough. You will always want me. You will always see me as beautiful. Mm. And I just fell into him and I gave him like a face. I think he probably looked a little bit like Gerard Butler or like Matthew McConaughey or something (laughs) in my head because I just, I just, I was like, I'm in love with you. Yeah. I Mm. need to feel that. And you're making me feel that right now. And somehow that in that moment, I felt empowered a little bit. Like, you know Mm. what? If he doesn't come back, you're enough. You, Mm. you've actually always been enough. You've always been more than enough. And you know what? I'm going to receive that. And so I started walking in that and, and little by little by little. In that promise. In that promise. promise. Right. And so my attitude started to change. Now, was I still heartbroken? Yes. Did I still want him to come home? Yes. But in that space, I had a hope that I didn't have those first few months. And, and so I have this hope, you know what, I'm actually not going to do this by myself. And then I actually felt proud of myself because there were things that I was now doing mm-hmm. that I had not done before. I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm actually stronger than I realized. Mm. I'm more capable than I realized. And that confidence, I mean, we all kind of know 
you're more attractive when you're walking in confidence, when you're walking in, you know, believing the truth of what God says about you, who he says you are. When you really believe that and you walk in that, you hold your head a little higher and you're a little, um, you're a little more of a force to be reckoned with. And so I stopped being hurtful. I, and I didn't like have this day that I stopped doing that. There was just this kind of like ebb and flow to it where I was in a season where I'm not, I'm not going to be mean to you. I know who God says I, I know who God says I am now and I believe it. And I've told God, I'm really sorry for some of the things that I did. And I've asked him to help me with some of those things on that list that are legit. I'm going to work on those things. And some of those things that he said just aren't true. And then some of those things I can't change. One of them, he said, you talk too much. (laughs) (laughs) And I I was like, my best friend was like, oh, girl, you can't change that one. But she was, but she we was, can't well, change you know, what we're talking about. Yeah. And when we're building up our men, because mm-hmm. no man has ever crawled out from under his wife's criticism and become a better man. Oh, right. So oh as you build him with your words, he won't mind you talking all day long. That's right. Right. But right, when right. we're spewing out our anxiety and my anxiousness and my depression and you don't do this right and this isn't right and where have you been? It's like... I feel a lot of men go to work and they get an A. They're slaying it. They're providing for their family. They come home and they're getting a D. I'd drop right. classes in college if I was getting a D. I just right. drop it. So no wonder he dropped. You know what I mean? Well, He's he like, said he remembered pulling in the driveway. He said, I remember being like, oh, man, what is the temperature going to be when I walk in there? Mm-hmm. I am 15 minutes later than I told her I was going to be. Oh, oh, that was my big one with Bryce. <laughs> Oh, you would have uh, thought he, you know, was off having an affair. He was 15 minutes late. Right, and I acted right. like, you know, the world came to an end when we got married. And he's like, babe, I'm I'm, I'm, work- I'm just trying to provide. I'm trying to build my law practice. I said, you need to be a man of your word. You're not here. And right. I had that I'm same friend you have with- say to me, a wise woman builds her house and a foolish one tears it down with her own hands. You don't like the way your house looks? Look in the mirror, Shalene. And I went, ouch. Yeah. Yeah. Ouch. And it looks like that's the work you were doing. And that strength that you're talking about, that you started walking in of the promise from God is because God's word says my power is actually made perfect in weakness. Shalene, you want to get strong in me? Get weak. Quit thinking you got it all. Yes. Get broken. Like, (sighs) and I was, I was very broken and I was, it was um, beautiful. And it was really broken. beautiful. I think you wrote a song like that, Beautifully right? broken. <laughs> I know. Barbara was all singing, singing it when she got to the studio like, today. Beautifully broken. Aww. So good. I won't try to sing your song because that really bad. Um, when did you see his heart change? Because you could feel that God was obviously refining you and you yes. were getting a good nature. But this was a two-year separation, right? It was about 18 months. 18 and months. did you share this in your book, Fight Free Her? Uh, Need You Now is the book that I tell this story in, but I do mention it in my book, Fight for Her. Um, but the the Need You Now book is more specific to this story. He um, he had been taken to church by a friend of ours and kind of drug there, quite honestly. Um, at the very first time he went, it was a, a little bit of a trick, this particular friend of ours. And when I when I say community, like just my, my big thing on this is, is counseling and community. Christian counseling and community are so important. Um, community that's for you, right? Not just for, I'm sorry, for y'all, for, for, for what for is y'all. best for your home and, and your family. Um, we had a particular friend that the morning, at about five o'clock in the morning after we had separated, when he had told me he was leaving, 
that night, um, you know, just a few people knew my best friend being one of them, but the, about five o'clock in the morning, another couple that were very close friends with, I called them and I, cause I couldn't sleep. And I was like, I just think you should know, like last night, Jeremy left. And I tell them, and as I say it, I hear this horrible sound in the background and I'm cause I'm on the phone with the husband at the time. Um, who's really, really close friends with my husband and the wife takes the phone and she says, Tiffany, what's, what's wrong? What's happening? And she says, because my husband's vomiting right now. Oh and so, my God. so she, she thought that I had just told her that someone had been killed. Like her, her husband's response made her think Amazing. Tiffany has just called oh my to gosh. say, I was not, you just gave me the chills. I was not expecting to say that. And so I will say to have people in your life that mm, love you so much, so they much. would get physically sick to, mm. to see you walk in darkness. Mm -hmm. Those are people that you want to keep around. And so this particular friend said, can you just meet me at Starbucks? Because my husband loves a Trenta black tea lemonade with three pumps of raspberry, no classic. That's his thing. <laughs> and so he meets him at Starbucks and he goes, well, let's just go talk in the car. Like not in the, let's not talk in here. So he takes him in the car. They've got their Starbucks and they're talking. He just starts driving. And my husband's like, where are you going? And he goes, well, just keep talking, keep talking. And they kind of keep talking. He pulls into his church, which was a different church than we went to. And he's like, what are you doing? He goes, you're going to come in here with me. And Jeremy was like, no, I am not. And he goes, uh, yes, you are. I drove. We're in my car. You have to come. Come on. Like, I think mm. you'll, I think this will be good for you. And would you know, the pastor gets up to speak that morning and introduces the campus pastor to speak. So the main pastor is actually not going to speak this morning. It's going to be the campus pastor. The campus pastor, who could speak about anything in the whole wide world, decides to tell his testimony. And his testimony says, I left my wife and my three kids a few years ago. Shut up. Wow. And Oof. proceeds to tell this complete story of redemption. My husband is now a puddle and mm. tells, you know, and his friend says, listen, you're going to go meet that guy afterwards. And so that guy meets my husband and becomes his mentor, is his mentor to this day. Uh. And, and as who remarried us when we remarried, uh. but this, <laughs> this guy scooped him up so and like, good. just as soon, like if you're a wife praying for a husband right now, I am, you know, at home with bruising on my face from how hard I'm crying, saying, bring him back, God, do a miracle. Why won't you fix this? You know, whatever. And having doubts, having doubts and fears and worries that this is not going to go how it should. And my Jesus, my like Amen. romance Amen. forever. All in all. <laughs> Preach. He yep. is he is just sending someone in. He's like, oh, if Tiffany only knew I'm sending the perfect friend mm. to walk through this with him forever. For, and so he says to my husband after, you know, many weeks of talking, he's like, I would really like to meet your wife. So he and his wife meet me and they say, listen, you may never come to our church. However, in walking with your husband, we would just like to walk with you as well because we would like to see redemption. And it's kind of hard for us to be able to really speak into that with him if we don't really know your side of it. So can we get to know you? And so they did. Wow. And um, and they're just precious, precious friends of ours still to this day. But the Lord took their broken story, redeemed it, and then used it in our story. And splashed it and, on you guys. And splashed it on us. And so when you said, when did I see that change? When it came time for Easter after Christmas, it was around Easter time. Um, we were not. We were not okay. We were not back together. This is, we are definitely sure. not um, a couple. But we are being, at this point, I'm now walking with some confidence. And so we're being a little more civil. And I have some hope. And Jeremy says, what are you going to do for Easter? And I said, well, I'm going to church like I normally do. And he said, well, um, could I come with you guys 
because I, I don't want the kids to spend Easter with us separated. That would be so obvious that we're separated if we don't spend Easter together. Mm-hmm. And of course I said, yes. And he said, but I'd really like for you guys to come to the church that I'm coming to as well. Like what if we went to both oh. services? And so we go to my service and everyone in our church that's been praying for us, you know, he's a little nervous that he's going to get looked at like, what are you doing here? Um, but he was greeted with nothing but like, oh my gosh, Jeremy, we're so glad to see you. Oh my gosh, we've been praying for y'all. And Jeremy's like, okay, just, just slow down, <laughs> but hi, you know, and we go to his service and, you know, and it was a very pleasant experience and we see that couple and she hugs me and I, and I'm, and I start to cry and she said, why are you crying? And I said, I, I just, I envisioned Easter different. And she said, what do you mean by that? And I said, Easter is resurrection Sunday. I said, why hasn't God brought this back? to life yet. Why hasn't he not fixed this yet? I said, right. we're, and she puts her hands on my face and she goes, you're in church together on Easter. Come on. There is hope, Tiffany. Yes. There is hope. Amen. She said, you don't know. And I said, I know, but it just, this is, I think this is just for the kids. I think this is just for looks. And she goes, but you know what? God could use your kids to be the biggest mm. motivator for you guys to get your heads out of your butts and actually <laughs> on him. That's right. And, Thank you. And so, but I love this part of my story and I love, this is one of my favorite parts of my story to tell is that, you know, many, you know, months later when we held hands and, and we've started to kind of married date and, you know, and, and consequently within that year, a year later, we um, end up renewing our vows and that is who remarries us, that couple. Mm-hmm. I ask him when we're now kind of married dating and he's holding my hand for the first time. I said, when, how long have you wanted to do this? And he said, what do you mean? And I said, well, we're like, you, you didn't want me. You said you didn't love me. And now you're actually wanting to hold my hand. And I know that we're not all back together. I know that we're not fixed. There's a huge amount of work to do. But how, like, when? Because as a girl, you kind of want to know, like, are you just kind of like missing a woman right now? So you're holding my hand because I'm available? <laughs> or is it me? And I don't know if people have seen the movie Say Anything when John Cusack says to the girl in the movie, like, do you need me or do you need somebody? Mm. Um, so there's a, you kind of feel like, wait a minute, are you just needing affection or are you Mm -hmm. actually wanting your wife? And he goes, Tiffany, I don't remember the day. I don't remember the time. I don't Mm. remember what it was. He said, I know you're super detailed and you'd love to know. He said, all I know is you had on a green dress with the kids. And I remember looking at you and saying, she's so beautiful. She's my wife. And I'm going to regret this the rest of my life. If I don't figure this out, he goes, I don't remember like, like, I don't remember wanting to get to back together that day. He said, I just remember you had on a green dress and you don't really wear that color very often. He goes, and I was just like, she's wearing green. Like I'm, that like, I'm living in green guard. now. Because <laughs> I'm usually, I'm usually in like black or purple or something. And so he's like, I just remember you had on, you had on a green dress. And I was, and I, that caught my attention because it was different. And I just looked at you and I thought, I'm going to regret this. And y'all, that's the dress I wore on Easter. And oh. so it's like. We think God is not paying attention and we want what we want right now. And we want it to look this way. And God is going, Oh my gosh, if you would just trust me, it will be way more beautiful than you could ever imagine. Mm -hmm. If you will just trust me, like, Mm -hmm. but in trusting him, I think we say we trust him, but in trusting him, it is a verb. Like it is an action. Mm. God was asking things of me and it took me many months to finally start listening to him and to start being communal with my friends again and saying, okay, I need your help and I'm not going to do it all by myself. And I, and I ended up getting my uh, anxiety and depression diagnosis and I ended up taking medicine. And 
and then and, and and I think in the church especially there's this like kind of over, over I don't know this little overcast of like if you're taking medicine somehow you don't have faith and that just isn't true and sometimes it takes great faith to take medicine to say you mm-hmm. know what that's right in order for me to be healthy for my family like we take medicine for our colds like we 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 take medicine for all kinds of things but somehow mental health Mm. is looked at as like, actually, that's your fault or your choice or your problem. And it's, it's not. And so, no, it's um, not. so the struggle that I was in, I, I finally was like, Hey, I, how can I get help with this? And, and so there was different, I, I've changed the way that I've eaten. I changed the way mm. that I did certain things. I mean, there was just a lot of different, some holistic, some completely all natural things, but then also some medical things that I mm-hmm. was like, you know what I need to, I need to do differently to glorify Jesus with my life to be the best woman, the best mother, the best human, the best Christian, the best friend, daughter, sister, all those things, not just for Jeremy Lee. Because the truth is, Tiff, everyone listening that's in a marriage, I mean, I'm going to be married 30 years. Barbara just celebrated 50 years. She's got stories too. And so do I, is that there's times when I am more focused and on fire for God and I'm in a healthier place. And maybe my husband isn't. And then there's times when Bryce is more on fire and I'm Mm -hmm. a little bit like in a valley. But it's that love of being not fixed on, you're not right, you're not right, you're not doing, fixing our eyes on him that pulls your spouse to the cross. And And if your spouse continues to choose to look away, God will honor you looking at him. That's right, all day long. He will honor, and so he will honor that. It may, like I said, it may not look like you getting that boy back the way that you think that it will be, but that is not yours to own. Like Jeremy had to choose to look at Jesus too. And finally we were both looking. And so, um, so again, because you can only control yourself, you look at Jesus and trust him. I've been a listener today. Yeah. I have just been soaking up what you have shared and uh, what you've shared with to our listeners. And I just have to say that, it was so beautiful, and to see God's redemption and His love and the unity and bringing both of you back to Him, mm. um, the children who do suffer, I mean, they're the ones that I can relate to your story many, many years ago, and I think that's why I was so quiet. Mm. I didn't mm. do it and know a lot of things that you were so perceptive and you had somebody coming alongside you. Uh, during that time, but I did, I didn't do it all right. But I, God is a God in the victory business and in redemption, mm. and He did bring my husband and I back. And um, it, your story is just so beautiful, and your song "Beautifully mm-hmm. Broken" can yes. just describes what you shared to our listeners. And it's not about happiness. When you were sharing about happiness, all that came to me is that there's so many people that just are looking for happiness, but it's worldly happiness. It's not holiness. Mm. They're not looking at the Mm. holiness of God and the blessings that he wants to share and give upon them if they would just be obedient to his standards of righteousness and not the world's standards. 
Yes. So thank you so much. Yes. It was just beautiful. Thank you so much, thank Tiff, you, once Tiffany. again. And please thanks, Jeremy, um, mm-hmm. and your parents. Absolutely. Yes. I love the truth. Yes. Yes. The truth That's sets right. us free. It helps us all to grow yes, and learn and out- actually run the race and actually give a accurate picture of Christ because we suck and need a mm-hmm. Savior. That's all we are, right? Yes, So we do. thank you all yes, for listening. Please drop us a note. Until next time, keep splashing and fighting for her. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us today. Come splash with us at shaleenbryan.com.